check, check, mic check. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mattis. Yeah, welcome everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. It's live. It's 11 a.m. Pacific, Indianapolis this weekend. And that sound you hear is the air going out of the series um, for the rest of the season. I Look, I, I mean, there's going to be a lot of good racing. I guess I shouldn't say that much, but I shouldn't go that far. But look, he's got 42 points now, Eli Tomac does, and that's a lot. And he's been really good. And what's he going to do from here on out? Probably win some more. Probably widen that thing up. And yeah, th- that's, you know, he's going to complete a remarkable comeback that puts us still be good racing so maybe i shouldn't be that harsh but welcome everybody fly racing moto 60 show flyracing.com for all of the uh, things that they have whether it's watercraft stuff or snowmobile stuff or dirt bike stuff or mountain bike stuff fly racing's got you covered they got the zone pro goggle that we're giving away today we're giving away a pair of zone pro goggles same goggles as justin brayton wears the fifth best rider in the series and uh yeah thanks to fly racing man they got the uh F2 uh, boots. They have uh, kinetic stuff. They've made a lot of changes to the Evo line recently. And uh, flyracing.com. Formula Helmet, too. Doing really well. Uh, Formula Helmet's amazingly uh, uh, safe and quiet and lightweight. Good stuff from the folks at Fly Racing. So thank you to those guys for supporting the show. 702 586 7857. Uh, give us a call, and we'll try to answer uh, uh, questions about the race. Jason Thomas and Jason Wygant coming on. Uh, FMF goggles also on the agenda to be given away because Kay Clayson wears FMF goggles. He made another main event, and that means we're going to give him another pair away. Tenth place for Cade. Good job, Cade. Or should I say William? Uh, FMF Vision continues to expand the range. Now they have a full line of sunglasses, so you know that Dean Wilson and Cade wear the goggles. Now they have sunglasses as well. The all-new line features a unique balance between FMF traditional style and modern fashion. The collection offers considerable value while hitting a highly desirable price point. FMFRacing.com to learn more about that. And, of course, uh, uh, Kyle Peters, Dean Wilson, and Cade Clayson and... A lot of guys wearing the uh, FMF goggles. So please check that out. FMF Vision. Uh, experience the power of the vision that those guys have. Pro Taper as well. Rockstar Energy Husqvarna. Star Racing using Pro Taper. So Star and Pro Taper have won a lot of races and a lot of championships lately. They got the new ACF bar, the first carbon fiber reinforced aluminum bar for motocross. It's got a carbon core system that uses lightweight and exceptionally strong unidirectional carbon fiber cores. To reinforce the aluminum tubing and safely reduce its wall thickness, lightest one and one eighth handlebar on the market. Seven thousand series aluminum, of course. They got the fusion bar and uh, sprockets and chains. So Pro Taper's got a great name. 
ProTaper.com for more information on that. Go to your local t- Tucker Power Sports dealer or Motorsport.com, ProTaper.com, retail, 139 bucks. So thank you to those guys. We'll talk more about Get and Maxis Plum Creek funding in a little bit here. 702-586-7857. Taking your calls over there in the corner and coming in super late today, but still getting it done, but just coming in late. The Tits Legendary. Tits, what's up? And working on your bike for you. And working on the mountain bike. Thank you for that Next work. Next day delivery. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think you'd uh, get B- that done. Before but... you even woke up, it was at your house. Yeah, you... Uh... Uh, it's something you, else you I can't you. pay for th- that's that's no yeah i mean it's good service i'm not gonna it's lie unbeatable. you know what i mean yeah unbeatable. i mean marks doesn't do that no Swisscore doesn't do that moser talent moser yeah. talon nobody yeah. talon would take at least a week yeah I'm sure absolutely uh yar yar not doing that who yar yar <laughs> not not doing <laughs> no, that so, probably not uh all right let's get jason uh, uh jt on the line if you can uh thanks tits appreciate that and again so Jets won uh, three in a row. He looks great. Um, he's got the points lead, and he's next level in that class. And Tomac is now got the huge points lead in the 40 class, and Mookie is tied for second, which is amazing also. But uh, the shootout coming up in uh, Atlanta is going to be amazing, so stay tuned for that. I know I just told you about the series lacking some drama now, and it does, but the shootout coming out in uh, Atlanta, the Jet versus the Craig, uh, should be great. Should be fantastic to watch that. So that's coming up. Uh, Indianapolis coming up this weekend. Again, it is round uh, 11 of 17. And uh, to talk about that and more, let's uh, let's get our first guest on. We've been busy arguing on group text for the last hour, but now he's on the uh, uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show, and we'll spare you that argument. Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? Oh, it's all right. I don't know. Uh... I don't consider it arguing. I learn every time we have these discussions. No, you do. About. Oh, good. Yeah, I do. Good. I'm I do. glad I could educate you. Oh, God. Uh, well, you said you learn. You said, I mean, that's what you said. Different perspectives make everybody smarter. Uh, FMF goggles given away today. Fly Zone Pros as well. Uh, Justin Brayton running these. The fifth best rider in the series, Weech. All right, sorry. Weech, Weech says. Weech is not on the phone? Weech says. The fifth best rider in the series. He does. Yes. He does. <clears throat> yes, that is uh, his favorite writer. It's also his birthday this week. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's see what he can bring. 30, to I mean, that, that fifth place, I feel like, was already a birthday present, but <laughs> that's okay. 38 for him, right? And, Unbelievable. And Chad Reed turned 40 as well. He did. So, Red, Dog, uh, Red Dog turns 40. Today? Eight. Eight tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. 40. Yeah. It doesn't turn 48. 47. 47. 47 tomorrow. Really? Oh, I thought he was yeah. even. I thought he was forty-five-ish. Okay, all right. No, forty-seven um, tomorrow. All right. all, you remember? You remember? Uh, uh, Fred Bramble, his agent, had his age changed on all their stuff, so he wouldn't seem so old when he was doing deals. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They brought all of that stuff two years down. Yeah. <laughs> Not surprised. Um, <laughs> so hey, uh, uh, yeah. So chat. So do you think we see Reedy at a Supercross? By the way, I wasn't planning asking this, but it came up now. Um, I wonder if we see him. Like uh, he said, he wanted to. He told me in Bercy he would like to do a race or two. But we're at round eleven, and I don't know what's going on. But I know he was riding the other day. No, I, I don't think so at all. Um, for me, when I think about him right now, he's very engaged with his kids and they're racing and riding and all that stuff. Um, you know, for one thing, Chad has always been very aware that it, it takes a lot of work to be prepared for Supercross, even for him. Uh, you know, when he was 20, okay, maybe not, but I mean, he's 40 and I just don't see it being, you know, we're, we're already in March. Um, yeah. you know, I think if he was going to do it, it would have been a race like Daytona or something like that. I, 
I mean, I would love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for it. I just I don't see it. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to see. Hard to see them doing it, but I, I know he wanted to or he thought about it anyways. I'll tell you, though, the only way I could see it happening is if these injuries continue, if guys get hurt and the field gets pretty light, uh, I could see him doing it then. Like, he's very opportunistic. Like, he's, he's a lot smarter than people give him credit for. So if, if he sees the field just absolutely depleted and an opportunity to come in and do well, I don't think he would shy away from that. I, I think right now he just looks at the field and he's like, man, it's, it's pretty tough out there for lack of, pre- you know, a underprepared Chad Reed. Um, so I don't, right now I just don't see it. Uh, I think he could make a main right now. I mean, with, I'm not with saying some, he couldn't. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. if he saw an opportunity, like, man, if I got in there, I could get like a top 10. To me, Ooh, I don't that's know about something. Top 10. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm saying if yeah. guys get hurt. Right, like, we right. nearly lost four guys last week. You saw Clayson and these guys getting top 10s. Like, I'm saying if that becomes yeah, the norm, right. we get down to the last couple of rounds and the field's really beat up, then anything's possible. Well, uh, Indianapolis this weekend, a cool race, uh, nice city. Good dome. It's March, so uh, you know what, though? It might not be all ruddy and soft. It might be okay. They, they've done a good job at, at um, stabilizing the dirt over the years from what it used to be um, back in the day. But, uh, yeah, good race this weekend. Yeah, I think it'll be okay. I don't think it'll be too extreme on one side or the other. Um, think about how, like, Minneapolis was. I think we'll, we'll be similar conditions to that. Uh, there will be some ruddy sections, but it's not going to be, you know, 90s indie that, you know, we, we remember. Well, some of us are probably too too young to remember, but um, we haven't really seen that super uh, wet type race in a really long time. And there's probably a reason for it. It was this one where Dino got third, right? That, that's, was that 19, 18? This was, uh, was yeah, yeah, one of those years. Um, yeah. I'm trying yeah. to think. Yeah. Was, was it the same year that Wharton did really well or was about to? The last lap. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. But uh, anyways, uh, all right. So I guess a little bit of news. Dylan Ferrandis is going to miss this one. He jammed his wrist, and uh, he said it, it happened at Indy. Um, we talked about you know on the uh, Pulp Show Monday things getting um, look like he may be dealing with something else with his wrist or hand, but he's missing this one. And uh, yeah, and, and so I guess like I don't know. Like maybe he comes back next week, or maybe he takes a couple weeks off, whatever. No matter what, this Supercross didn't go the way Dylan wanted. He got one podium. Um, maybe it's time to stop overvaluing the 450 motocross champion. Well, you know, I, I think that David Villeman should be given credit because there was a lot of hype coming out of Lucas Oil for Motocross last year for a good reason. Like, he was just phenomenal last year. And when you pressed him or anybody else about Supercross, he kind of – you know, was not as optimistic as everybody else. Like, he basically said he's not as good at Supercross. It doesn't come naturally for him. So don't expect the same thing. Yeah. Now, what, did he expect it to go this poorly? Probably not. Um, but I think he really did a good job of lowering expectations because it, it would have been very easy to think, oh, man, like, he's arrived. Like, he's going to be a threat to the title and all the struggles that we've seen in the past will go away. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of – uh, straddle the middle a little bit there between like I think DV was telling us what to expect, but then at the same time maybe he even kind of overshot to the downside yeah. as far as performance. Yeah, I mean uh, you know DV also told me at Anaheim one starts don't matter starts don't and I'm like what? Yeah, that's crazy. He's yeah, like starts don't crazy. matter. You can work through the pack, you're fine. I'm just like what? Anyways, uh, starts did seem to matter 
for Dylan Ferrandez. They always do, yeah. So, I mean, you know, thankfully in, in motocross, he's better at it for one. And then two, he has 35 minutes. And there's there are endless passing opportunities at a motocross race versus supercross. And, I mean, we saw the the penalty that Dylan paid. The, the weekends he was riding really well, we saw him pay a penalty every time for getting a bad start. That doesn't mean he didn't get a decent result. It just means he was two or three spots worse off than he would have been with a good start. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, big lead for Eli Tomac. Mookie's tied for second um, in the uh, series. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, um, anything can happen. Eli can get hurt. I don't like the chances to throw it away. that He doesn't do that much. Um, so, But it could open uh, this could open opportunity for some new winners. Yes, it can. Uh, Mookie is the one I have my eye on. And, you know, we talked about this uh, earlier this week, but I, I really believe that if he can stay on this form, stay healthy, I think the door is going to swing wide open for him. Because even if the guys that crashed last week are somewhat healthy, I think we will see some more crashing and more injuries. That's just the nature of the sport. Always has been, always will be. Uh, and, and I think a lot of that caught up all at once in Detroit, right? Because typically by now we'd have several factory guys out. Uh, we lost Roxon, we lost AC, but for the most part, you look across the teams, they're pretty healthy. They have most of their guys, right? So now we lose Ferrandis. We're starting to go down that path where guys are dropping off. And then the guys with nagging injuries, as we move closer towards the summertime, are going to just say, okay, I'm done. I'm going to switch to motocross prep now. Like, I, I'm hurt, I need some time off, and then I need to get ready for outdoors. That, that always happens. So in that light, I think if Mookie can stay, you know, keep the pressure on, you know, Tomac sitting here right now on a Thursday is like, man, this title is mine as long as I don't do anything stupid, right? So you can expect him to, I don't want to say give an inch, but I don't think he's going to fight you nearly as hard progressively as we move towards Salt Lake City. And that's where it happens, right? If you think about, like, Muscan's win at the penultimate round last year, that's exactly kind of how it went, right? Is like you stay there, you keep the pressure on. These other guys are worried about the title. Webb's just going to kind of take what is coming at him and not do anything stupid. And then you, if you have your best race, you can get it done. Sexton almost got that done at the finale last year, but Webb just decided he was going to win that race. But there are always those opportunities late in the season if you're there. If you're there and ready to capitalize, and it seems like the door always kind of comes open towards the end. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, very good point for sure. Uh, all right, we got some um, we got some questions and some phone calls here. Fly Race and Moto 60 show. First up, a Chiz question. Jay, what's up? You have a Chiz theory. Yeah, I've got a great theory that you guys didn't touch on. Okay. Uh, glad JT's on the line for this, too. So um, you guys have heard of the term Stockholm Syndrome, right? Yes. I would, yep. I would like to introduce the Chisholm Syndrome. Mm-hmm. When Chiz is in the 450 class, these privateers know that they're not going to beat him. But then the, the first weekend that Chiz goes to the 250 class, those guys see a little bit of daylight, and they escape from the basement of oppression that Kyle Chisholm has kept them in all year, and they get a ton of career-best finishes. <laughs> so, all right, and nothing to do with the four factory guys crashing out. I get it. Uh, what, what do you Absolutely think? Absolutely not. Right, nothing, nothing at all. JT, yeah, maybe Cade and, and, and these other guys just, had, just relaxed a little bit. This <laughs> is gone. I don't know, man. If they're if they're going into every weekend like their primary focus is Chalchism, then yeah, they're they're thinking about the wrong things. Um, 
But he, I mean, he's an enigma, man. Like we, the the legend is only growing at this point for Kyle Chisholm. So I hope he bounces back. You know, that had to be frustrating for him last weekend to stall it. But I, I think he'll be firmly inside the top ten this week. You know, when you talk to these privateer guys, um, A Ray, not not so much A Ray this year, but A Ray when he was better and you know feeling a little bit better, and Cade this mm-hmm. year and last year, and they'll be like, dude. I saw him over on this section, and I was, you know, two lanes in front of him. And then I'm just riding, and then, like, he's just slowly inching up on me, and I can see that <laughs> what they're doing is they're slowing down. That's what's going on. They're slowing down. <laughs> they think they don't know what they are, but they're slowing down, and Chiz is just doing the same speed. And then they get so mad when he gets by him late. And that's how Chiz works. That's what he, he just – he can do 20 minutes. That's what yeah. he can do. You know? I mean, there was a, there was a uh, diminutive statured rider uh, from the 90s and 2000s that was very similar in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the blinding speed was not there. Not there, yeah. But uh, if you dropped off your lap times, guess what? You were going to meet him late in the race. Yep. That's no. just how it was going to go. It, 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 absolutely. It, it, yeah, it models after you a, a lot. So, uh, all right, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Uh, all right, next up is Carlos on two. Carlos, what's happening? What's up, man? I got a question for you yeah. about a burning building question. Oh, boy. So we've got four in there. Um, how many buildings? How, we've got the, how many can I rescue? What is it? How many can I rescue? Uh, one. Oh. Can I rescue one. Fuck. Okay. So it works, isn't it? Okay. So we've got the Privateer Island pod, Review pod, Moto 60 pod, or the Re-Raceable. Oh, man. Um, uh, I would say the Review pod. I rescue the review pod. Those are fun. What about the Pope Mech show and the Moto Fantasy game? Uh, I, I rescue Pulp Show. Yeah. Yeah, too. Got yeah. it. Yeah, it makes me the most money, and it's probably the funnest to do. Well, and that's your, I mean, right. not like your namesake trademark deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. That's, that, Speaking of that. Okay. Go ahead. Speaking of that, I don't think you get enough credit. Um, that interview. I don't. I don't Tomac. get enough credit, but go ahead. Uh, not enough, dude. No, no, no. That, that interview with John Tomac was amazing, dude. And yeah. if, if it were a different sport, you know, football, F1, whatever you want to say, if an athlete's dad is telling you all of this stuff about the team, you know, like all that insight, yeah. you'd be raking in all the cash. <laughs> well, Tom, Bra- right Tom Brady's dad, Tom Brady's dad does go on some radio shows and cause chaos every now and then. So, <laughs> do you remember when uh, uh, when Chris Russo was losing his mind about Tom Brady's dad? No, no. Wait. Oh, there's a, if yeah. Anybody with internet service, Google Chris Russo yeah. and Tom Brady's dad, and it is one of the most epic rants I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh, that's uh, great. About because yeah. Brady was basically, or Brady's dad was defending him, and oh right. man, it is epic. And then, uh, and then there was uh, um, Beckham's dad Instagramming like uh, his son was open all these times uh, for the Browns, or <laughs> right, playing for the Browns. Right. And, then well, and then he kind of proved himself right there. He no. had a hell of a yep. playoff run there. Yeah, he did, absolutely. And then uh, 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 um, LeVar, LeVar Ball as oh, well. Oh, God. Yeah. That, guy can, that guy can F right off. <laughs> uh, thanks, Carlos. I thought it was good. I thought, Joe, I mean, look, there are, there are fucking crazy dads in the sport. No doubt about it. There's a lot of them. And even I've, I've had people tell me that John is really hard to deal with uh, Contract-wise, he, he's very hard negotiator. And okay, that's fine. But John had a professional athletic career himself and was an all-timer in his sport. Like, I, I give him the benefit of the doubt when it comes to this kind of stuff, right? I, I feel like, 
Okay, he's not perfect. He's not, you know, he's not the Messiah of, of racing fathers. There, there, there's none of that. But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt over many other fathers that race. So uh, I thought it was be good to get him on the show, Carlos. So thanks, man. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. Bob's on four. He's got a uh, – Bob has a fly racing gear question. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, hey. I was wondering, um, JT, I know in the past I've seen different groups and companies have uh, leather gear as well. I know you guys have your area of uh, street riding. And mm-hmm. I was wondering, have you guys ever done like a casual leather jacket? Um, Casual leather jacket. I want to say like way back in the day, yes. But the problem is, is they get really expensive. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, such a core part of our business is asking our local dealers to carry our casual lines in their stores. Sure. And to to have them order a size run of leather jackets for casual is just really really challenging. Um, sure. So sure. Yeah, yeah, one of our one of our big focuses moving forward is to try to expand our casual line as our our brand is growing. Like where our sales are growing, you know, Supercross has been a big part of that. Um, so we're kind of in catch up mode as far as not having enough casual offerings. So it's something I could definitely look at. I just know that's such a challenging dynamic. Is is do- dealers are always looking at dollars that they have tied up on their floor. And oh, yeah. you have a size around a leather jacket. That's just a really big dollar denomination to have if they're not moving quickly. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I don't know how much of a competitor they are these days shift-wise in terms of casual. They had a leather jacket that was a casual that was – it was right in the ballpark of most people, around $300 at the most. And, right. man, it was thick, heavy leather. It was amazing. So I just sure. wondered. I thought maybe I thought maybe you guys were kind of going down that path now. It looked like you guys are ramping up on casual wear. So, we are. You know, the, um, the, the, the – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, no, the you're benefit good. that a brand like that has is, you know, they're owned by Fox, right? Well, what does Fox do? Sure. They make just insane amounts of casual wear of every type, <laughs> style, kind, right? So it's – I don't want to say it's easier for them, but it is so much more up their alley. Um, they, are, they are casual wear specialists. Um, so sure. part of that just comes in as like, yeah, we can order a bunch of those because we can also make them in a, a Fox-branded one that we can do tons of, right? So we can order the material right. of these – just in mass, and then we can sell them around the world with a Fox logo. Well, guess what? We can add a ship logo to some of them too, which makes it easier for their minimums and all that stuff. Can we do sure, a, a sure. casual shoot? Get me a private plane like Fro, and I'll get off the plane in my fly leather jacket. There you go. Because that, that you pretty much fly already. That uh, what is that that airline you fly? That's private. Oh, JSX. Yeah. No, JSX. Yeah. Or maybe uh, you're already. Or there. maybe standing next to your uh, electric your e bike. Yeah. Kind of hanging out. Yeah. Having a having a cool one. Yeah, yeah. My electric road bike, the one that JT really likes. That one too. Yeah. <laughs> there uh, you go. All right. Thanks, Bob. Ridiculous. Appreciate it, man. Uh, no, a couple other questions. Steve. Okay. Are you coming to Indy? I'm not. Nope. Not coming to Indy. Anything activities wise? Does anyone know? Like uh, open pits or anything in India? Uh, JT? Yeah, pits are, yep, pits are open. Um, unfortunately, we are not doing our uh, our fly show because two reasons. One, weather. It's going to be cold and there's a chance of rain. Um, and then two, both Steve and Weed are not going. So uh, it's, it's really challenging on that end uh, for me to kind of carry it um, without the other two. So the sure, weather was sure. You know, you could, you, could do something, you could do something like a follow-around contest where when they weren't coming, you could say, hey, uh, come in and help out like Ponytail and, and, you know, 
have a chance to win an option like that where people, a, a regular person, could just hang and, and talk. There you go, JT. Hang I'm out with the people. Yeah, I, yeah. We already made the call. Um, I We did it earlier this week. Basically, the, the biggest challenge is it takes them several hours to set up our stage. Sure, uh, so sure. we basically made the call that weather's, weather's terrible. You know, the other two co-hosts aren't coming, so – Save them, yeah. you know. No, I wasn't saying five hours yeah. of work. I wasn't saying for this time. I was talking about even for Steve, just some time in the future, do a contest like a follow around contest to let people see. No, well, no, that, that sounds do. horrible. I don't think Steve's up that alley. No, that sounds horrible. <laughs> that sound like uh, I, I don't want to do that. Uh, thanks, Bob. Appreciate hey, it, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Have appreciate a good one. it. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that sounds terrible. They can, they can go mountain biking with you, too. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, Alex, what's up, man? Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I specialize in sports broadcasting. I'm a producer director uh, based out of the East Coast. I emailed you about possibly doing a live stream for the Denver race. Um, I was wondering where you were on that. Uh, uh, if you were interested. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I got your email. I got a few emails from that. And, I, you know, we work with the Spot TV guys, too, for the live shows. And, by the way, they're coming up in Seattle, St. Louis, and Foxborough. So tickets are available on pulpamex.com. Uh, the Feld guys shot the live stream down, unfortunately. And, and that's fine. I, I wasn't – I'm not stoked that they shot that down, but I get it. They don't want to do it. It's okay. Uh, they've already given me a race, so maybe I shouldn't bitch too much. Um, but yeah, Feld guys don't want to do that. We are looking at filming it though and doing something with it up uh, on YouTube or whatever. So we got it. We have to find a way okay. to document yep. it somehow. Thanks, man. Appreciate somehow. it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, we we absolutely have to. Right. Uh, so I'm working on filming it and uh, and we'll go from there. So yeah, I like that. Uh, JT, we touched on this on Monday, uh, so I don't want to get too much into the into the same conversation for the people who listen on Monday, but. Anderson is in. We didn't know that Monday night. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he has said he's cleared and he's in. I mean, again, we got in the concussion protocol on Monday, so I don't need to get into it. But color me surprised that a guy who got up from a hit to the head and fell off the bike, you know, 10 seconds later, is cleared to race. Uh, that seemed, again, when the guy's laying there, I can't tell you the severity of his head injury. Uh, I'm not the doctor and all of that, so I get it. But when the guy falls off a motorcycle – I can now tell you that that's a pretty good hard hit to, hard hit to the head, and he's racing. Yeah, I, and I, I really get uh, a chuckle out of people, and, and I really try to avoid being this, but, you know, there are armchair neurologists out there. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, it's, it's challenging enough for people that have made this their life's work to tell someone if they've had a concussion, the degree of it, uh, whether they, you know, have recovered from that injury. Like, there, there are so many – uh, different ways to approach that. And it's not an exact science. No, um, that that's the most challenging part. This is really not a black and white thing. Um, even like in, and when you do helmet testing and stuff, there are specific G's basically that when applied to your head, that's what they believe the threshold is, right? There are, there's a specific, I think it's around 72 G's, something like that. Don't quote me, but they believe that if you take that force, you're getting a concussion. Okay. Whether or not, that is provable whether, you know, and, right. and then you start factoring in variables of the angle of the hit. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many different ways to go about this. I think we're just going to have to settle for people are doing the best they can. No, but there are, uh, yeah, my, there are my point was just, are you surprised? Which well, I am. I'm not, okay. but I also trust that guys like Dr. Ryman and these guys that are, they're really smart doctors, right? They're, 
their primary role and focus to keep people safe, not to protect Jason Anderson's championship. That, that's yeah, yeah, not yep. what they're not what they're there for, right? So if that doctor tells me, yeah, we we think you know going by this protocol that has been established by neurologists and the smartest people we have on the subject, you have cleared these things. Your reaction times are better. We don't show mm-hmm. uh, residual trauma and all these things. Then yeah, I mean then go for it, right? It's it, yep. Who am I to to criticize? And trust me, that's what the internet is for—is to criticize every decision that anyone ever yep. makes. Yep. Um, yep. But all we can do is just trust the science we have. No, I know. I'm just saying I was surprised. I'm not surprised when Sexton okay. came back yeah, after yeah. Minneapolis. Okay, that was to me was kind of the telltale sign that it's certainly possible. Okay, all right, fair enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that, yeah. To me, that was the the identifier. Is like, well, if he could do it, then if Anderson's okay, then what's to stop Anderson? Yep. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, also on the line, Jason's on one. Jason, what's up, man? Hey, guys. Um, so we put out a podcast with Alden, and uh, so I guess Cooper's back there. So yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, this is a big story going in, and I guess Alden wins. He, uh, crazy. he's coming up next Weege's and I specifically got him on to talk about that because I knew Webb was back there riding, uh, at the track, but I did not know he was under Alden's, uh, tutelage JT. Um, well, I'll talk to Weege more about it here, but in, in a second, but what's your thoughts on that? It's certainly interesting. Um, you know, I, I think my biggest takeaway from it is I feel horrible for Michael Byrne. Um, you know, and it's, it's been really quiet on news on that front, but you know, he's been one of my really good friends for a very long time. And I know, uh, how much knowledge, you know, how much knowledge he has to share with people. And I know how much hard work that they put in. And I also know that, you know, making changes like that don't show up in a week or two or even three, like the, the, the results that Cooper Webb is getting right now are there, you know, that work was done months ago. So whether or not it's the right move, that's not for me to decide, whatever. I feel bad for Burner. To me, my personal opinion is that these results are a combination of dirt changing, bike changing, and Cooper's confidence changing. That, to me, is not the result of him changing places that he's riding or a one-week change in training protocol. I just, I've been around too long to think that. I've seen too much. To, it, it, your body doesn't work that way. Your body doesn't respond that quickly to any added stimulus or change. Um, oh. To me, it's it's all the other external factors. Now, I did hear through the grapevine that Burner was going to get paid. Well, I, I hope so. So, I mean, yeah, that's only fair. Right, right. I really don't believe that this anything that's gone less than stellar was his fault. I really do no, not believe that we, um, because we, I think you're seeing that. I think you're seeing the fruits of that work play out right now. Yeah, we covered that a couple weeks ago. It doesn't look great for Burn, but neither one of us, you know, think that this is Michael Burn's fault. But, you know, just the average fan sitting on the couch is going to be like, oh, well, there you go. It's like, no, no, stop. But perception can be reality sometimes, right, for some of these people in the sport. So Yeah, um, and that's, I, I just want to continue to put that message out there because there are people that, you know, they haven't spent their whole life around the sport. They haven't spent their whole life training for something. And they maybe they think they're like, oh, man, he's back at Baker's. Look how much better he is. And that's that's a disservice to both Cooper. Like, that would indicate that Cooper wasn't doing a lot of work, which I know he was. Um, and it also makes Michael Byrne look bad, which I, I really don't want to stand for. All right, cool. Thanks for the question, man. Thank you. Uh, yep, thanks. Thanks. Uh, last question for JT is uh, the one. Oh, go ahead. All right. The one thing I want to mention that before we go away from it is that it will be very interesting moving forward to see how he does, right? Because 
you made a change, it didn't go well, and now you go back. Like, if he starts winning to end the season, man, everybody's just going to be like face palm, right? Everybody yeah. involved. Yeah. Todd, what's up, man? Question uh, for you, Steve. With the um, being a former mechanic, can a rider, you know, like say AP or Mookie or somebody like that, when they switch teams, because a lot of guys are switching teams, it seems like the chemistry between the rider and mechanic could be an important factor in working together. When they switch teams, can they take the mechanic with them, or do they get handed a mechanic by the team? How does that work? Just curious. Well, that used to be mechanics went with riders. That was a, a, okay. a you know not always, but that was definitely something to happen. Um, a lot and uh-huh. the last 10 years 15 years the teams have their mechanics and the riders come and go you know okay. um so yeah it doesn't really happen very much anymore um and, and you know what i think it's a little overrated nowadays back in the in the bob Hanna days with brian lunas and rj and lunas and and nate dog and bundy and you know so on and so forth that was a a real uh, a strength and, and a real cool thing, and it really helped, right. I think. But nowadays, yeah. man, there's a motor guy, there's a suspension guy, there's a team mm-hmm. manager, the rider's got a trainer, the rider's got a coach. The guy mechanicing holding the board doesn't mean as much anymore. Sorry. Gotcha. Uh, sorry, not sorry to my fellow mechanic buddies. But that's, <laughs> that's the truth nowadays in 2022, uh, you know? Uh, so, okay. I mean, geez, JT, can you think of a – of a guy that went – Goose went with Dunge to KT, KTM? Mm-hmm. Did he? Or did he Carlos? Did. Yeah. Uh, no, he uh, he went from Honda to Suzuki, then went with Dunge to, to Suzuki. So okay. he did not go to KTM. He went with Chad. Oh, okay. So I'm, I, I can't – well, I was trying to think, JT, the last guy that, you know, stayed with his rider on a team switch. Yeah. yeah. And I really can't even think off the top of my head. Yeah, I just didn't know how I mean, important Goose, the chemistry Goose, between Ryder and Guy yeah, was. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I got you. Goose was, Goose was the most uh, profound one. When he left Honda to go to Suzuki, that was a that was like a really big deal. Yeah. Like I remember everybody talking about that because he had been a Honda forever. Yeah, absolutely. And also, too, like the, um, you know, like Bundy went with Nate Dogg to like eight teams. Where, where you know, if you were if you want to hire Nathan Ramsey, he brought Bundy with him, right? Right. Um, and that, every team was like, cool, right on, cool. And when I was at FMF Honda, not that I was doing a great job, but I was trying to stay on there. And they're like, no, man, we got – this guy's bringing this mechanic and you're out. And I'm just like, but okay. So, like, back in the day, it was just accepted. You bring a, yep. you bring your mechanic. But not now, man. Now the days – Not anymore. Teams, yeah, teams want to keep their guys. So, right. it's a good, good question, man. Do you do you want a pair of goggles? Yeah, buddy. I'll take it for sure. All right. You can either have the FMF Zone Pro – FMF goggles or the Zone Pro from Fly Racing. I'll put you on hold. You pick, all right? All right. Thanks, dude. All right. Thanks for, uh, thanks for calling in. We're going to get Jason Wygant on the line next. Uh, all right, JT, before I let you go, you got to give me your winners uh, for Indianapolis. Um, it's probably not going to be that hard, but go ahead. I'll say Justin Anderson bounces back with a win. Oh, boy. In the 450 class. And then the 250 class, I will pick Jet until the end of time. <laughs> you think that one week after falling off the bike, Justin Anderson is going to make get it done? I think so. Yeah, okay. I think he's going to bounce back and get it done. Oh, okay. All right. Sounds, sounds, uh, sounds fair. I think Eli just brings this thing home. We got we got uh, six rounds left. Eli wins two of the next six, and I think, or three, and just brings this thing home. That's my prediction. Yeah, I, I mean, he, he is going to be your champion, and he probably wins at least two more, yep. if not more. Um, but I, I really, more than anything, just wanted to work in a Justin Anderson reference. Yeah, that, yeah. That's the only reason I picked him. Fair enough. All right, man, thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. See you.
I got you. All right, that's Jason Thomas, everybody. Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. I want to thank the folks at uh, Get, whether it's two-stroke or four-stroke ECUs. The Get and the uh, sister company, Athena, do great work. They work with a lot of MXGP teams, and uh, they have the RPM dashboard as well that goes and tells you uh, what RPM you're at um, off the start to help you uh, get a good start each and every time. Their ECUs, as I mentioned, are fantastic. They make uh, some of the coolest stuff out there. Athena uh, piston kits and cylinder kits as well. If you want a discount from the folks at Get and, and Athena, Email us using the contact form on pulpamex.com. We'll pass it on to uh, our buddies at Get and Athena, and they'll dial you in. Really, really good company. Also, Plum Creek Funding. If you're looking to purchase a home in 2022, if you're a first-time buyer or investor, Plum Creek Funding has programs to suit your needs. Already own a home. If you're looking to pull cash out or you just want a lower rate, which is what I did like a year and a half ago with Plum Creek, got a lower rate, uh, did a great job at that. So contact a professional over 25 years of experience you got to be in Colorado, Nevada, or California. That covers a lot of our listeners, though. And uh, reach out to Zach Morris today, 720-212-4685, or Zach at PlumCreekFunding.com, Z-A-C-H at PlumCreekFunding, P-L-U-M, CreekFunding.com. Uh, I've used Zach for a few houses, and he's been great, man, JT as well. So please uh, use Zach Morris, Plum Creek Funding. Thank you to the folks at uh, ProTaper. FMF Vision, uh, Maxxis Tires as well, SGB Maxxis guys, uh, crushing it with Cade Clayson, getting 10th on his Maxxis Tires. One of the best finishes for Maxxis in a 450 main event. Maybe the best, though, Nick Way and Steve Mathis in 2002 at Anaheim 1, 7th on our Maxxis Tires YZ250 back in the day. So perhaps that was uh, one of the best ones. we got a few more people on hold here. We're still going to give away a pair of goggles as well and, uh, and much more. But let's get to our next guest from RacerX Online. It's Jason Wagon. What's up, Weech? Yeah. What's happening? Oh, I'm excited. Uh, so, love most of these guys that were supposed to be hurt are not, so at least they're back in it. Yeah. And it adds a tiny bit of air into a series that seemed done uh, uh, a few days ago. So I'll ask you the same question I asked JT, and I don't, I don't, um, we talked to cover, we talked about it on Monday night, so we don't need to go get into the concussion protocol and all of that because, you know, we're not. We're not with the riders. We're not doing the tests. We're not working with the A-Star Medical Center and all that stuff. We're not going to be armchair neurologists, as JT put it. But color me surprised, Weege, that a guy who fell off a motorcycle from a hit to the head is racing in six days. Yeah, I'm really torn on this one because I do uh, heavily take the side. Of, I mean, I've talked to the doctors. Yes. And yes. what happens is the armchair neurologist, which I agree with JT on that term, their first thing is like, they need to understand how serious concussions are. And I'm like, I've talked to these doctors. I've talked to Dr. Ryman. I've talked to Doc Bodner. Nobody knows how serious concussions are more than these guys. They go to workshops around the world about concussion science and sports. So the idea that they just don't realize this is serious, I cannot agree with that. That being said, I also don't understand, like, the, the Sexton crash from Minneapolis Okay, I'll give it that. He's like, I wasn't even knocked out. I didn't even hit my head. Mm-hmm. I was just in shock. Okay, fine. <laughs> but the Anderson thing is really a bridge yes. too far to believe that there was not any sort of problem. And how are you okay three days later? No, I don't know. Maybe yep. do some concussions work that way? Yeah, Maybe they do. Uh, right? Nobody knows. Everybody reacts differently. So I err on the side of the right call is being made. But color me surprised that yeah. he is racing. Yeah, I didn't expect it. Right. I, like... The problem we had last year with McAdoo, and we don't want to spend too much time on this because we've got other things to talk about. You know, McAdoo had a spectacular crash. Everyone assumed that meant he must have been knocked out. But I didn't yep. assume that he was knocked yep. out. Same thing with Sexton and Mini. This time, yep. 
this Anderson thing's pretty obvious that he suffered head trauma. Uh, and, you know, Blose, I wrote in my column on, on Racerex Online that Blose appeared to knock himself out. Blose texted me. He goes, I was not knocked out. I knew exactly where I was. I was just had the wind knocked out of me, and I was, you know, in a lot of pain. And who am I to say yeah. he's wrong? It certainly – he wasn't moving an inch. But, hey, whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, and right. We, and we well, moved on. So, I, yeah. I always remind people, do not forget knocking the wind out of yourself. We've all done it. Yeah. We've all knocked the wind out yeah. of ourselves. Yeah. And we probably aren't moving – it happens a lot. Uh, Pierce Brown at the uh, opener for East. We yeah. thought he was dead. Right. right. And because he, he wasn't moving. He right. was not moving. Right. And he's like, no, I just knocked the wind out of myself. I needed a minute to get my breath back. Uh, but Anderson, we saw it. We yeah. saw him sitting on the side of the track, yeah. not able to get on his motorcycle. Uh, speaking of, of, of injuries, how's the knee? How, how are we doing? Uh, I don't think – I mean, look, I, I think it's going to be a meniscus, which is not yeah. – Right. This is not an ACL, you right. know, so I don't know what you want to say. Like, am I limping horribly right now and his life suck? Yes. Is it an ACL? No. So okay. you guys come to your own conclusion. Well, I'm not going to be a – You were on a the group text with Phil and, and Brayton and myself, and, yeah, we were breaking it all down, you know, trying to, trying to help no. you out. So. No, I, I don't feel that there was any breaking down. <laughs> Can you explain to me how two professional athletes who've gone through multiple knee procedures in this area could not come up with a single name of a person I might want to talk to? <laughs> That's a good point. Can you can you explain that? Right. Phil well, had ACL surgery last year, and he's like, no, nah, I don't know anybody. Uh, well, this, what? Uh, Phil just said stop being a pussy, I think, at some point. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. Right. Um Hey, so we had a caller earlier talk about your podcast with Alden Baker, and that's why I wanted to get you on this show because oh, cool. you, you broke a yeah. bit of news. I think I, I knew that Webb was riding at Baker's. Um, I'd heard that. I guess I should have put that two and two together. But you talked to Alden Baker, and yes, uh, Cooper Webb is back training with Alden Baker. A massive so three months into well, three months into oh. the season, but say five months oh. into a, a switch, yes. he is back yes. there. Yeah. I I was in shock. Uh, I didn't know that was coming. So, I mean, literally one of the questions I had, he's like, as you know, my program is four riders. And literally one of my questions was going to be, well, where, why do you not have a fourth guy? And then he's like, but as you know, now Cooper's back. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) He's like, yeah, Cooper's back. And I'm like, so I didn't have any question prepared for that because I did not see that coming. Now they did allude to it. I think a little bit on the TV show last week, but kind of like you, I, I honestly almost thought it was a mistake. Uh, and I definitely didn't think he'd be there back, like back, back. Uh, but I asked Alden, it is not just riding there. In fact, Alden said, because it went sideways so recently, he told me, he's like, if anything, I'm going to be even more of a hawk, more eagle eyes on this guy to make sure he really, really commits. Because obviously he knows Cooper's heart wasn't in it just a few months ago. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it is full commitment, and Alden even said he's like to know it's a full commitment because Coop sold his house at Claremont and moved to the Tampa area where the other track is, 83 compound. So he's like, I need you to buy a house or move to Claremont so I know this is real. Uh, so he said he's already putting an offer on a house. Nuts, man, because also, too, it, there was hard feelings there. You know, they weren't gelling, and I, I, Alden's the nicest guy ever. But I, yes. I don't think he was stoked. I know Coop no. wasn't stoked, and they are back. And I'm get, I'm hearing this is all a KTM uh, decision. Like, hey, man, this is what you have to do. Uh, depends on who you talk to. Okay. So, you know, Alden said it was Coop. Um, but I, I mean, look, that, that, both things can be true. Maybe it's Coop that makes the call and says, hey, man, I want to come back. But maybe even Alden himself doesn't know what makes Cooper make that phone call. Is that Cooper being like, hey, I rode better with Alden. I need to do this? Or is the KTM saying, you know what you need to do? 
call out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you I, know what I mean. I heard that you know there was some extension talks for him, and KTM was just like, no, no extension talks unless you do this. Yeah, but well, dude, it's amazing. Ian, Ian and Roger are just rubbing yeah. their hands together. This is oh, this yeah. is all oh, yeah. time. Yeah, there's so much behind the scenes on this. I know, and we've said it over and over. This would be more intriguing. You want your Formula One Drive to Survive show. This is more intriguing than anything that's happening on the track. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah, yeah. Because, look, people sometimes come after folks like you and I saying, like, you guys are so reactive. You guys have your hot takes. Steve, you've worked for these teams. Nobody has hot takes like teams. Cooper Webb got eighth three weeks in a row. And we're down to we can't give you an offer to ride next year until you do this and you need to change this and you need to change that. Like, Dude, we're talking literally the first month of a nine-month season. Yeah, yeah. This boiled over to that point. So we're, never we're say t- that the fans or media overreact. The teams overreact just as badly. We, we are talking, Weege, what was Minneapolis? Round six? So we are talking uh, five yeah. rounds yeah. of the Supercross series, all based in California on a, tip, on a, on a certain type of soil. Not even let's yeah. wait till we go east. Malcolm was on the show saying like, oh, we did a lot of testing on the east and we went west and my bike wasn't right where it was. And I think it'll get better when we go east. This was during the California swing. And guess what? Yeah. The bike got better when they went east and it Malcolm is. is not complaining as much or it seems a lot happier. They yeah. didn't even want to wait for Coop to get east to see if how the new bike was. No. No, no, that's what I'm saying. So, like, <laughs> never say that people, other the outsiders like us or fans overreact. Uh, th- th- this is how quickly things change. Like, those three eighth-place finishes, the dude has the number one play in his bike, yeah. and he's won the title twice. So this is no fluke. Those three eighth-place finishes, that was it. The guillotine was out. It's crazy. It's nuts, crazy. man. And so now Coop has to go there with Mookie and Dino and RJ and, and you know, do the program and, and, and Plessinger when he starts. Oh, and Plessinger, sir. Yeah, yep. Plessinger as well. Yep. So, yep. Oh, I guess Dean. Uh, yep. Dean would We're be done. the out. So Dean was riding with those guys, but training on the two fifty side. So I guess Webb would be the. It'd be Mookie, RJ, AP, and Webb with Alden. Yes, that's the four. Yep. that they considered the four, four that group. Right, right. Dean rides more is considered more where the two fifty guys are, but uh, it, it is shocking, and uh, I just don't know how. It just seems so weird. Now, I guess credit to to Webb for being the bigger man, the swallowing his pride. Because I mean, he, this is hard to mend these fences in six months. And uh, the one thing I talked to Alden back in uh, Oakland about, you know, all these dudes leaving. You know, not just Webb, but Osborne and yep, and Marv. Marvin, yep. and guys that have left them in the past. And dude, how many times when you talk to Alden does he say the word respect? He's like, there has to be respect there. There has to be yep. respect there. Yep. I'm, I'm going to get mad at them. They're going to get mad at me. That's the nature of this job. But we have to be respectful. What irks him the most is that when these guys leave, and they almost always leave having had success, they leave bitter. And I think that's the part <laughs> that that gets him mad because it's yeah. like, hey man, my job was for you to win, and you won. So why are you pissed? Right. You made a lot of money uh, and you won championships. Why are you mad? Right. Yeah. And then I'm an asshole. Right. This is all said and done. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. So Cooper, let's be honest, we all saw Cooper had the uh, helmet paint job at uh, Anaheim 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the same best offseason ever with a Homer Simpson look with Webb. And uh, I said, like, after we were recording, because I didn't have the question prepared for this. I was like, how did this even happen? And I was like, how did you guys mend the fence? On that, and he's like, you know, there was some disrespect there. I'm like, I'm sure you're talking about the helmet. And he's like, yeah, 
I did ask him at the helmet, you know, and Cooper said that wasn't really me. That was other people that asked me to do it. Uh, But he's like, yeah, but you're responsible for that. And and they had to hash some things out is what I'm saying. They did have to hash out some hard feelings. And the the thing is, is he blows out Michael Byrne, switches some other things up with his program, and gets on the podium three times in a row. And, you know, you can't tell me that this program, you know, switched him in six days. And I feel bad for Michael Byrne, who we like and is a good dude and is very smart. And the armchair guys sitting there on the couch in our sport are like, see, see. And it's like, dude, in in one week, you're telling me like, you know, but it's not a good look for Michael Byrne and the program that Coop had gone to 83 burn, all of that. Um, uh, um, I don't even know. Um, (laughs) you cannot say that at this point, Alden has made a difference. I just don't see how that's possible. Um, unless Coop is like straight up, well, no, that's not even true. I mean, Cooper's still riding at 83. It wasn't like Byrne was gone and then Coop didn't ride for three weeks. Like, no. he's still riding. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, like you just said to Mookie, it's like they figured some things out of the bike. Things got better when they went east. Um, I honestly would think at this early stage, that's more of a factor. A hundred percent. Switching to Alden. A hundred percent. I talked to somebody that yeah. talked to Ian Harrison and said, Ian was like, you know what? It's probably 50-50 right now. It's 50% us on the bike. We're not where we need to be. Yeah. It's 50% on Cooper. Yep. You know, yep, and I believe yep. that it's a brand new model. We've seen it over and over. But I mean, Mookie, I believe was leading the charge of the. We got a problem with the setup earlier in the year, and now he's gone from the guy complaining the most to the guy who's carrying the flag the highest this is, yeah. in the course of about five yeah. weeks. Like you said, Drive to Survive's got nothing on all of this, and you throw Osborne in there, you throw Marv in the in the mix. And all of this stuff going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. 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 I asked Alden. He said, you know, he and Marv, they're still friendly. And Marv even rode there before Daytona. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure the Zacco thing is that level. Um, and again, I don't think it's like, I don't think any of this is like dudes were screaming at each other's face and slamming to, against the wall. Yeah. Um, but no doubt, somebody must have been disagreeing on philosophy because why would you leave? Yeah. Why, why yeah. would you leave? No, yeah. absolutely. Right. And, and you know, you, um, you don't really have this in the industry, Weeds. You're pretty respected by everybody. You're pretty friendly. Everybody kind of likes you. Uh, you don't really have any – you know, you've had a few people mad at you over the years on TV yeah, for TV not stuff. I'm, but I'm not much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the opposite, right? Uh, but, <laughs> but, like, yes. but, but, uh, but, like, this is what happens. This is – yeah, it's nobody's screaming. Nobody's doing middle fingers to each other except for me and Wilbur. Everybody's just you, you know you just don't agree with somebody you just don't really like them anymore you just don't like what they're thinking or and it's not the end of the world in life this happens right it just happens in life but but it is interesting at the highest levels of our sport like that, well sure. the thing I've always wondered about the Baker program and I don't know how you define it uh, and I did ask Alden about that it's like okay you hear the guys eventually say like it's too rigid it's not fun things like that right and does anybody know does even the rider himself know when he's saying that is that true. Or is it just like, this is a lot of work, and I would rather not do that much or have it be this hard, and I'm going to disguise it by saying the, there's another problem. Because um, that's, that's whenever a guy leaves, right, that's, they always say it's because they think they're going to be better doing it a different way. They never say it's because uh, I just didn't want to do that much, right? So, yeah. yeah. That's always the thing. Is that true? Is that truly true that every rider that leaves is like, no, I believe I will perform better doing it a different way? Because that's what they always say. Yeah. Do they truly believe that? Or is it just like, dude, yeah. this is too much? Right, right. I think, I think, I think it's the second one. 
Uh, let's get to right. some phone calls here. But no rider's ever going to admit No, that. no, nobody's going to admit Even to himself, that. probably. No, exactly. <laughs> uh, Seth's on one. He's got a, he wants to talk more. Cooper Webb, what's up, Seth? What's your question for Weege? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, yeah, I, I see uh, obviously Cooper as a pretty goal-oriented, um, motivated guy when he gets his head on something. Do you see this being his best outdoor season? Say he turns it around being back with Alden towards the end of Supercross. Does he just... 100% refocus on outdoors and, you know, take a shot at getting a 450 title. Is, you see it kind of re-motivating them for that and yeah. take aim at that since Supercross is out, or what do you guys think? Definitely interesting, Weech. What do you think about when it comes outdoors? Yeah, I understand the philosophy here, right, that coming off a bad Supercross season, I mean, we don't think he's going to win the title here, but that gives him some fire, but, but, but I don't know. I, I feel like this whole situation is way too fluid and way too messy right now to know if it's going to uh, right itself to that degree, which would mean Webb's much better even outdoors than he's been in the past. I'm going to need a little more data to, to <laughs> assume that because I thought he was going to do it last year, uh, and he did not. So yeah. shows yep. that I know. Yeah, we'll we'll have to yep. see, Seth, for sure. Uh, hey, Seth, we still have a pair of uh, – look at the fly goggles? Fly goggles to give away. You want a pair of Fly Zone Pro goggles? The same goggles worn by Justin Brayton. I, I do love the fifth best rider in the series, but I won goggles here like two or three weeks ago. So. Oh, okay. Well, very good. Nice. I like to see that. You're passing it on. Very very class of you, Seth. Thanks, man. Thanks. Have a good day, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, Justin Brayton's birthday this week, this past week, Weech. Fifth best rider in the world at 38 years old. It's amazing. Best. It's amazing. Better than Webb. Better than Anderson. Better I mean, than Sexton. Just Better than Sexton, better than Ferrandis. Right. I'm looking at the results right, right now. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. Uh, and also, too, Red Dog's birthday tomorrow. Chad Reed's wow. yesterday. What a, yeah. what, a, what a month. So, Actually, it makes the uh, Reed-Brayton thing quite challenging because they're, they're, the birthday's being almost identical and two years apart. Right. And Reed's last year was two years ago. Uh, we're, these records completely overlap. Like, yeah. Davey was trying to figure out, is Reed the oldest guy to score points? And I'm like, uh, his – Last race, Salt Lake 20. If Brayden goes to the final race of this year, it's going to be down to days. Yeah. Over the who is older. I don't even know. Yeah. Well, Dow Dowd might be two days older or something. Wouldn't Dowd already have this? Isn't Dowd? Don't we, don't we already have that record with John Dowd? Supercross? Oh, oh, Supercross. Okay, Supercross. 38? Yeah, and Supercross. Right. I don't, Dowd's yeah. amazing, but I don't think he scored points. No, 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 no. I, I didn't. I, yeah, I didn't, I, didn't, um, I didn't think about that. He would still put, score points at South right. right now. Uh, so I don't know if you have this done yet, but we were talking in the group text. Uh, also, you have something coming up with Bruce Sternstrom uh, at Kawasaki. Um, and yeah, so I'm interested, though, is you doing that, a little bit of result of John Tomac on the Pulp Show from a few weeks ago? Like, what kind of struck you about this, and, and, and what's the idea behind it? Uh, no, uh, I interviewed Jeremy Coker from Monster Yamaha Star uh, mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago, and that was he did an excellent job, I think, of, you know, selling his himself and his team and why they're so successful. And obviously, because majority of that is look how good Tomac is doing, it tends to make it look like we're better than Kawasaki, right? But at the same time, you could argue that Anderson has made just as big a jump, if not a larger yep. jump this year, than Tomac. So I'm like, well, if the Yamaha's guy is, is the Yamaha guy is going to be able to say how good they are, I owe it to the Kawasaki guys mm -hmm. to say how good they are. Yeah. Um, but on COVID time, it's taken forever. Like, I really thought I would just bump into Dan Fahey. He had some races. That never – no one bumps into anyone anymore. Right, right. Um, so then at Daytona, I asked, can we schedule one? And then instead of Fahey, they gave me Bruce, which is awesome because, yeah. honestly, Bruce is one of the best people in the sport yeah. to talk to. So, no, the, 
I've been trying to get this for a month, and then your Tomac interview hit in between that. So, oh, okay, there you go. yeah, it's, it was yeah. interesting. John was uh, pretty, you know, pretty open and honest about it. And you know, I like, I mean, I I know the guys at Cali, and and, and they're great guys. And and you can point to Anderson and be like, look, look, look at Anderson. So you know, but yeah, it was interesting to see that um, skull and crossbones flag question. I feel like Bruce is in a better place these days with a lot of things. Um, he's still not 100% satisfied. Like, Bruce has always been the sport should be doing better. It should be, you know, selling more tickets, promoting itself better. I mean, I literally remember the first time I ever met Bruce was at Binghamton in 2001, mm-hmm. and he immediately started going off, and he didn't even know me. <laughs> and he's still saying the same things 21 years later. Yeah, so no, for sure. He, he's uh... consistent. I got a lot of time for Bruce Sternstrom, no doubt. Absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah. Got... Uh, but I do think some of the things that were really, really irking them, AMA stuff, I think it's gotten better. Yep. I think we do know that, for example, Feldon MX Sports are working more closely than they used to. A lot of things that were really bad um, have improved. So I don't think he's quite as aggro. Right. Okay. A few more questions before we let you go. Morgan's got a day in the dirt question for you, Weege. Go ahead, Morgan. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Steve. Yeah, Weege, I uh, was one of the crazy people who yelled out, you know, yeah, Weege, Joe, as soon as he walked out of the announcing towers. Uh, Love but it. But I heard uh, some, some rumors that they're not coming back next year, which bums me out because I, you know, it was my first time being there helping my buddy who raced. But it made me want to do that race so badly that I really want to do it next year if they come back. So are they coming back next year? I mean, everybody I talked to at Red Bull was literally saying, like, just mark this on your calendar every year. So that's what they literally told me. So uh, I don't know if that means it's moving to a different track. I heard nothing to indicate that. I mean, they made it seem like set this thing in stone. Yeah. We're, we'll be back. Right. Yeah. There you go, Morgan. Yeah. Okay. We'll be back. So there you go. Awesome. Seems good to me. Do you, I literally uh, just talked to someone today that said, can't wait to see you next year. Uh, do you want uh, some goggles, Morgan, just for just talking to Weege about how good he is on, on his show? <laughs> mm. Yeah, I would mm. love some. Thank you. Also, I was the one that tweeted you about Kellen Brower, and I'm kind of impressed by uh, how he's doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Start your systems, going to the top, doing a good job on pole. Because I'm mentoring him, Morgan. I'm mentoring him in in the sport. We know this. I mean, that's why. you're mentoring you? I'm mentoring Kellen, yeah. (laughs) You are? That's what I think. Jeez. Okay. Oh, man. All right, Morgan, stay stay on hold, Morgan. What's that, Weech? Stu does use you as a guide for how yeah, to do Yeah, well. there you go. So, uh, all right, question about uh, fantasy from Tim on three. Tim, what's up, man? Hey, uh, just wanted to tell you a quick little story on fantasy. So, this is my first year playing, and my uh, eight-year-old, he always watches Supercross with me, and he saw me doing fantasy, and, you know, started asking a bunch of questions. So, I signed him up. I just signed him up like two weeks ago. And this past Saturday, he, uh, I go, oh, are you going to pick an FFL? And he goes, yeah. And I go, who'd you pick? And he goes, Justin Bogle. And I go, oh, Landon. I go, How old is do he? not How do old that. Is he? You're throwing points away. How old is he? he he's eight. Eight-year-old. Great. <laughs> so he picked Bogle. <laughs> <laughs> he was, no, he didn't get it because I made him take it off. He oh, was, oh, oh. Oh. I wish he would have left it on. That's a great story. Eight years old. Getting it. Mad at me. We had seven people, seven people pick Bogle to be FFL. Yeah, I heard that on your uh, review pod. So, yeah, that was uh, pretty funny. And uh, I want to get your opinion. So, KTM, you know, you're you know hearing about the new bike and, oh, wait till we get to the East Coast. And so they have so much experience, obviously. Did they – 
like not know that they're going to be riding West Coast tracks? Dude, Why did they not? Dude, that? I, I like, don't what? know. When Mookie uh, when Mookie said that, I'm like, what? Like, yeah. you know, we did all our testing on the East Coast. Or most of, okay, I'm like, what? Like, there's nothing harder. Well, not there's. It's very hard to set up a bike for the West Coast dirt. Uh, yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't understand that. So, yeah, I mean, Roger, I, it's like hilarious. That. I heard people say they couldn't because of COVID. They didn't have enough parts, so they had to do everything in California, and they couldn't do the Florida thing as much. So, <laughs> who the hell knows? Man? Uh, by the way, I got corrected. Three people picked Bogle. I thought it was seven. Oh, three. Three people, wow. but not your eight-year-old son. So, yeah, Tim, yeah. I'm with you. It was strange. We said they heard the testing on the West Coast. Mookie on our show <laughs> said we did most of our testing on the East Coast, and that's why I'm having trouble uh, on the West a little bit. So yeah. go figure, Tim. Yeah, it was odd, though, yeah. for sure. So thanks, man. Yeah. Hey, one more thing. Uh, so, you know, Tomac just switched to Yamaha, and uh, he had a house out here in Corona. Mm-hmm. And it's in a gated community, and I know where he lives. I actually have a pool cleaning business, and one of my customers is like, three houses down. Mm-hmm. So I'd see him every once in a while. And I saw when his house went on the market. So I go on a realtor.com app, looking at the pictures, you see a picture of his garage. There's a supercross trophy just sitting on the ground. And I'm like, you know how many guys would kill to have that thing? And it's just hanging out in his garage on the floor. Yeah. No, I've oh, told this story that. a few times. Tim Ferry, his first ever <laughs> national win. High point, 95. He, he won an AMA national. Holding a shed door open. Exactly. <laughs> in the Covered in dirt and dust, holding a shed yeah. door open doorstop. You're just like, yeah. what the fuck? You won a national, <laughs> yeah. and this is where your high point trophy is. So, yeah, no, that's what these guys yeah. do. Yeah, it's amazing. So I meant to call when JT was on because, you know, I know how hard, you know, he tried to, to make it and – I'm right. sure he'd love to hear that. Right. Yeah. No, he he knows. It's just oh. Timmy. Yeah, it's amazing. So thanks, Tim. Thank, thanks. Appreciate it. All right, man. Thanks. You guys have a good one. Thank you. Yeah, interesting. Uh, um, Tomac, uh, I think I know where he lives, too. It's kind of by Irvine, uh, off by Cowie there. But um, I didn't think he'd be selling a California house, but maybe. Yeah, who knows? It's odd. He told me he bought that house before he rode for Cowie. It's literally, like, so close to Cowie. And he's yeah. like, yeah, it worked out awesome. But maybe now it doesn't matter as much. Yeah, maybe not. not right? riding that track anymore. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, look, Weege, I got a lot more stuff to talk to you about, but uh, we're out of time, man. Uh, so that's Whoa. it. Yeah, uh, Webb going back to Alden's was something that we had to we had to cover. Absolutely. So hey, there were some there were some people we can crow about this that are like, why are you making such a big deal out of this Alden thing? Well, it could not have become a bigger deal. It, like it it yep. was a bigger deal than we even thought. Yeah. Like yep. the way this drama has gone. By the way, uh, as an aside, uh, before we end the show, I was looking at the 2005 uh, outdoor national points. Uh, okay. <laughs> just for for something for some research I was doing, and I Kevin Windham got second to Carmichael in twelve straight motos. Oh God! Twelve straight motos. He was second to Ricky. Oh uh, God! Yeah. I mean, look, we were around in those days. There was not a lot of excitement over who was going to win. <laughs> no, I just I remembered Windham getting second a lot that year, especially by the end of the year, because Villeman was the only Yamaha rider on the track, um, and, and uh, I don't remember. I don't remember Wyndham getting second 12 straight times, but he did. So then it was, uh, I'm surprised it wasn't uh, 24 straight times. Then it, then it was Ernie and v- DV just back and forth for third by the end. DV, Ernie, Ernie, DV, Ernie, DV, back and forth. So. This is why when I came on the show, I said I'm excited. Yes, Tomek has a giant points lead, but the fact that these three or four dudes that were hurt except Ferrandis are back. Yeah. Well, we still don't know who's going to win on Saturday. 
We've seen way worse than that. Also, in 2023, Supercross preview shows, when I start yelling about the 450 motocross champion and how he's going to step up, I want you to punch him in the face. <laughs> Osborne last year? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want you to punch me in the face. This year, yes. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. That is not applicable anymore. I'm out. No. I'm out. It does not. It does not carry over. No. So no, now, Okay, no, I'll no. be ready. Please say it so I can punch. Yeah, all right. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Weege. Yeah. Uh, that's Jason Wygan, everybody. Fly Race and Moto 60 Show for another Thursday. Thank you to Get, FMF Vision, Plum Creek Funding, Pro Taper, and Maxis all on board with us. Tits, fantastic job over there. Yeah, buddy. It was great. Yep. Hey, too busy. No. It's 12.03. You're mad because I'm making you work late? Nope. All right. Not even a little bit. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. We'll see you next week.